Welcome to the Life on Repeat podcast with me, Laura Valancourt, licensed mental health counselor, geriatric mental health specialist, and dementia coach. I'm so happy that you found us. Well, hello, friends. I am really excited about this guest that we have on today. We met through another organization, and she and I just hit it off and clearly share similar philosophies in working in the world of dementia and supporting families. And so I would love to welcome Grace Meadows. And Grace is the campaign director for Music for Dementia. And she's also a qualified music therapist. And I'm really excited to hear where our conversation is going to go. And before we even start, Grace, I want you to know, I should have said this before you agreed to interview with me. I am not a musician. (laughs) I am not musically talented. And so I'm saying this because I have a feeling that you have a lot of people that say that to you (laughs) in your work. No, it's lovely to be talking with you, and I'm going to challenge that straight off the bat, okay? I thought you (laughs) would. (laughs) And I hope that that gets people excited already, because, do you know, the best thing about music and dementia is that you don't have to be musical to make it a part of dementia care. So you are the best kind of person to be talking to, because we can explore all the different ways that we can do that. I was hoping that you would say (laughs) that, and I I, kind of was throwing it out as a teaser, and in all seriousness. I tried to play an instrument in school and just failed miserably. And I'm not the one that, you know, I couldn't tell you about hitting notes or even memorizing names of songs and you wouldn't want to hear me sing. And I, I, again, I'm saying that so that our audience, our listeners, if you are like me, then I'm excited as, as I hope you are too, to learn how can we as caregivers or professionals working with folks with dementia help support our loved ones through music. (laughs) And I would say just in response to that, that actually, although maybe learning an instrument isn't your thing, and that's absolutely fine, you are musical on some level because you have a heartbeat, because you have a voice, regardless of how you consider it to sound or how you consider using it. And when you have a heartbeat, you've got rhythm. You're instantly tapping into rhythm. You know, if you think back to when, well, you won't be able to think back to when you're in the womb, but, you know, if you imagine when babies are in the womb, the first thing they pick up on is their mother's heartbeat, the sound of the fluid, the mother's footsteps on the pavement, walking around. Already we're hardwired to respond to rhythm. So maybe playing an instrument, learning it, that kind of thing isn't for everybody but actually being able to respond to music is something we've all got the capacity to do and it's nurturing that and we'll get into that a bit more when it comes to talking about how we do that. Thank you for saying that you're setting the stage really I, I just really in hearing you describe that I'm tapping into that deeper human part of myself and not this sort of surfacey what are your talents and abilities so Thank you. And, and, and it's also making me think of how you said how you respond to music and sound. That's a whole different experience. And, and we all have our own relationship with that. So wonderful. So let's start. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about the Music, music for Dementia, the, the organization. I, I'm not familiar. 
I got on and kind of looked looked at your website and I was fascinated. There's a there's a beautiful story in there about Paul who was who was a musician and and his story. But I'd love to hear more about the um, organization. Fantastic. So Music for Dementia is a national campaign in the UK that's backed by the Utley Foundation, which is a private charitable trust. And it's a national campaign that's calling for music to be an integral part of dementia care. And really, it taps into what we were just talking about, about being musical beings. And we're really passionate about the power of music in case people haven't already picked up on that, (laughs) because we know that there is sadly no cure for dementia. And yet we have this wonderful tool at our fingertips called music that we could be using much more to help support people to have a more enhanced and more enriched quality of life. And really what we found in the UK was that there were wonderful pockets of practice happening and people are having fantastic experiences with music but actually there were a lot of people who aren't or still aren't having fantastic experiences with music but could be and what we wanted to do as a camp as a campaign was try and join up what we call the ecosystem around music and dementia so there's lots of little organizations and medium and larger sized organizations doing this fantastic work but they weren't really talking to each other So what we found was that we had a role to play in bringing people together, getting people to share best practice, getting people to share the same message. Because as you know, that when the message is united, it cuts through much more loudly. And so as a campaign, we've had different strands of activity. We're we're a grant maker, so we fund organisations to do this work on the ground. We also do a lot of policy-facing work, so trying to, to really reflect into policy the fantastic work that's happening, the breadth that's out there. And, and then there's a there's an awareness piece that we do in terms of helping people to value and understand music and see it as an integral part of dementia care. And then another strand of our activities producing resources such as the website and our radio stream, m4dradio.com, and other resources that we've got to help people feel enabled and empowered and inspired to think, do you know what? I can give this a go. I'm not going to become a virtuosic violinist overnight. I don't need to. But what I can do is learn about the importance of music and start to think about ways I can start dripping it into my everyday care that I provide for people. Thank you. Thanks so much for sharing that. I love the vision and the mission of the organization. And it sounds like you're not reinventing the wheel. You're, You're recognizing that there are some amazing groups out there that have started, whether they're small or they're big. And you're the conduit, the sort of the the holder of the space, <laughs> and then uh, and then your work with policy. I one of the things that I was really curious about. One of the things you you alluded to is dementia and care, like incorporating music in with dementia care, and why should it be incorporated? I know that's kind of a Silly question to ask, but really, I'd love to hear why you think that that is important for folks who have dementia. Yeah, we've really moved, haven't we? From you know, we we come from a, a, a world of like really super fast paced living. It's all very, it has all been very task orientated, and we lose sight of the person for who they are. So we often don't see the person for who they are beyond their diagnosis, and we have this culture where people have a condition such as dementia and they're living in care homes that are tucked away or they're, they're in communities and they're, they're not in the middle of the mix of our communities and our society. And actually they should be because they still have lots to offer. 
and lots to contribute and really music open sort of reverses all of that thinking quite a lot so you start you start to see the person for who they are beyond their condition you start to see Jim who has a long story of how much he used to love singing on Saturdays at the football terraces or you know the story of Betty who for years sang in church choirs and actually has a lovely voice but nobody's been listening and so they don't know that she's got this whole sort of musical jukebox in her head of songs that when when she sings them she feels much more content much more at ease much more reassured and she's not then as agitated she's not then as anxious or depressed or isolated and really all of that helps to enhance that person's quality of life and really what we have seen and what we know and what the evidence shows is that when you uh, include music as part of care and that can be anything from helping to make a playlist and then supporting someone to use that playlist at various different times through the day the week right through to a carer feeling that feeling brave and humming or singing when they're delivering personal care or it could be you know a care provider saying do you know what we really need to get some music therapists in here to provide some music therapy because there are some clinical issues that music could really help address you know it, it can be anything really that that is needed in that moment for that that individual that setting that environment music just has this power to bring people together ameliorate the symptoms in a way that so many other interventions can you know it, it's not a cure and no one's claiming it that, that it's a cure but what what we have seen is that it, it takes us to that personalized care level and it it really puts that person at the middle of the care it helps us think about what matters to them and and that's all we want really when we think about care we want to know that we're being seen and heard and felt and you do that with music you know you see someone for who they are you feel a connection with them that they're heard and and what that does for them in terms of taking them out of their dementia helping them be in the here and now and having those connections that is like gold for a family that feel that they've lost a parent or an aunt or an uncle or a family member you know and they don't feel connected having those moments of connection back means that I talk about those moments being like moments that top up the emotional credits in the bank because you know so much about care is about what we give of ourselves to others and the pandemic has shown you cannot do that on empty (laughs) And that actually you've got to look after yourself. You've got to find ways to top up you before you can start looking after other people. And so for us in the campaign, we sort of think of it with two heads. You know, we think about the person living with the condition, but actually also the other people that live around that person with the condition, whether that's a family caregiver or a paid carer or professional, that that everybody needs looking after. And music can be a way of, 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 of using it as a tool for self-care and so but when a family we find this particularly with families but also with with non-family carers that when they feel that connection in the here and now and they see their loved one for who they are beyond the diagnosis and they have that connection in the here and now it just tops tops those credits up gives them that bit of energy a bit more energy gives them that lift it reminds them of of the relationship and it also helps to build memories going forward. That's the lovely thing about music. That obviously it has a moment in the here and now. It takes us back to times gone by. It can transport us to other places in time. But it can also take us forward. You know, I think about music and the way we can use it as a legacy piece. 
people aren't always with us and they, they pass on and but you can have memories of of musical moments together that are special that when you do need comforting and reminding of, of that that special person you can return to that music and there's a memory attached to it and you carry that person then with you through that music so for me music taps us into the past into the present and into the future and you can carry people with you through that I love that oh my gosh you said so many things Grace I'm jotting little notes down as you're talking because there is so much in what you just said one of the things that I just wanted to highlight is this piece of recognizing the person for who they are. And, and I've often thought about that with dementia, no matter what stage of dementia that somebody might be in, what we seek is connection, right? That's what's missing. And so what I hear you saying is that music is, is this bridge or I don't know, it's a bridge or like a, it's almost like a, a different language that you can use and tap into. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a different level of connection when that happens. And the examples you use were really cool. I think the first example, I don't know if this is what you meant, but in my mind, I was thinking about what if Frank at the bar was watching the football and he's cheering for his team and they have the team chant, you know, the music and the sounds and, or the woman you described who spent so much time at church singing hymns and I know that when I just imagining those things, those examples, I feel tapped in. I I feel like, ooh, I'm connected to this person and that moment and that event or that memory. So I really love that uh, highlight of connection and that this is a tool or a language, if you will, to enhance connection. And I think the connection is is it, isn't it? I mean, that's what we all felt so acutely during the pandemic. We felt disconnected and isolated. And yet we saw so many creative, imaginative, inspiring ways in which people used music to, to feel connected, to feel close, to feel kept in mind. That's so important. And really that also taps into how we then think about how we use the music because it's not about doing the music to people. It's about being with people in music. So it's not about putting on the radio or putting on a, a playlist and saying, great, have a lovely time listening to that music. I'm off to go and do something else. The music's there to help facilitate that connection. Thank you for saying that. Cause that's, that's often what we see. I mean, I, you know, the facilities that they'll buy the little iPods or, you know, to plug earphones in and get the playlist and then they walk away and yeah, it's missing out on the opportunity of that ability to connect. Thank you for pointing that out. You know, another thing that you said that I I also want to highlight is, because this is a question that I was going to ask you and you've kind of answered it already, is how can music help the caregiver? Because we we get so focused on the person receiving the care that, and you spoke to that, filling your own vessel first, you know, making sure that you are um, being replenished. And again, music sounds like a way that you are able to connect with your loved one as that isn't depleting. Absolutely. Well, I think this really taps into the, the sense of the musical journey with, with dementia. And we created a, a resource that people can have a look at that's on our website. It's the, it's the musical care pathway, if you like. And what it does is it shows people how you can use music at different times in different ways, according to where someone might be at in their journey. And we all know that the journey of dementia is not linear. So what works on one day might not work on another. But in terms of how we think about the different ways you can use care, there's 
there's a myriad ways really but some starter examples if you like are personal care now personal care is is not something that either the caregiver or the person receiving that care may particularly enjoy it's not a necessarily a very dignified experience and actually what music does is it creates a sort of a shield or a distraction or a mask or you know lots of people find it really difficult you know somebody's touching them they're in their personal space they're not quite sure what's going on they haven't woken up so easily in a great mood so before you even go near that person and touch them it's like okay how how do they seem today what kind of music might help us set the tone here for this so that we can make sure this is a pleasant experience that it's not an anxiety inducing experience so you might think about that person's playlist and go, oh, do you know what? Let's start with some of that karma music this morning and then use that. And then that then suddenly paves the way for conversation. And then you can gently introduce what you're doing. And then there might be a greater sense of that person going along with you to go, OK, yeah, OK, it's not so much. Yeah, OK, I, I know what we're doing here. And you can use the sometimes you can use the same song at the same time to do the same task and build up that sense of familiarity. OK, that song's come on. You know, oh, that that person, I associate that person with that song and that associate that with that task that we have to do. And sometimes it can be it can break the ice. It can pop a little bit of humor into the moment. You know, some you know, sometimes the awkwardness gives rise to humor. I think we can get very serious about all of this. And humor is really important in helping with that connection, you know, and keeping it real and human. (laughs) So sometimes, you know, (laughs) a silly song might be the thing that helps deliver that personal care. Another another way is that often time takes on a timeless quality, doesn't it, when you're caring for somebody 24 hours a day, whether that's at home or in a setting. So music can be a really nice way of creating a placeholder or or marking a, a moment in the day or creating a bit of a ritual whether that's around a meal time or whether that's around an event that you have in the day. Music just frames things or, you know, creates creates moments for things to happen, to come about, you know. That afternoon cup of tea that's scheduled at two o'clock every day in, in the care setting could become a musical afternoon tea. You know, it could be a bit of a cuppa and a dance because there's a few songs put on around it. Things like transitions, whether that's getting somebody from home to a hospital appointment or even getting somebody from the living room to the bedroom. Transitions can be very disorientating and very stressful. So again, using that same idea of how do you build up a a sense of calm, a sense of a reassurance and comfort, and you do that by using music that puts somebody in that place. So, you know, if you want somebody to to come with you on on a journey, be that to the next room or in the car, then what music might inspire that or encourage that? You know, is it music that's upbeat? Is it music that's calm or soothing? And it doesn't always have to be recorded music that's used. It could be a bit of a song, a snippet of a song, you know, not even the whole song, just a, just a couple of lines. And you might hum them, you might sing them, you might not even put words to them, you're just laring along to it. But all the while you're watching for that person's responses and you're thinking, are they with me? Oh, they've just made eye contact. Okay, great. Okay, so maybe we can take a few more steps forward. And in all of these things, what you find is there's perhaps less resistance, less challenge, less anxiety, less agitation. And so going back to your point about why do we do this? Because it makes things easier for everybody. And, you know, if we were going to think about this from a care perspective, if you're a commissioner of a care 
service or you're a care home manager, it's, well, this instantly takes the stress out for everybody. It helps to save time. It helps to reduce the need for antipsychotic medication because actually that person doesn't need medication. They need time and attention and quality of attention. And music helps facilitate all of those things to happen. And suddenly you're, you're finding then that the staff are more invested in the care that they're giving because they're seeing the person that they're caring for, for who they are, as opposed to just another person that they've got to look after and take care of. They're more invested and then staff morale improves and staff well-being goes up. And, you know, this is all, you know, if we could just put COVID on a shelf for a moment, this is where we were at pre-COVID in terms of staff and, and the change in mentality around including music. And then suddenly we've certainly found here in the UK that care ratings go up. So when inspectors come in, they can see that the quality of care has enhanced, has been enhanced and improved and ratings go up. So it becomes a really virtuous circle that supports everybody. It's a win-win for everyone. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about my background is in therapy and, and you, you know, we're taught that thoughts create feelings. And what I'm understanding and talking to you is music also creates feelings. And so in lieu of trying to connect to someone cognitively with these linear communication methods, you're using, we have the opportunity to use music as a way of possibly directing or redirecting an emotional response to care or uh, an activity. Yeah. So I loved your examples about how to use it. I have two questions. One is, so if, if you were new to this, like if you were a caregiver in a community setting or you were a family member that maybe you're not very familiar with your loved one's music preference or history, how would you go about developing or introducing certain snippets of music or full-on songs. And then my second question, and, and this might be part of the answer, is you mentioned this musical care pathway on your website. Is that a place that would help people figure this stuff out? Yes, absolutely. There's, lo- there's lots of wonderful resources on the website, one of which is that pathway, which gives that big picture. But then there are other guides and, and tools which help people to start small because the thing is what you don't want to have to feel it's it, this is not another pressure thing to do this is the task <laughs> no, no exactly this is about having fun creating moments of joy and so it's the, the minute it starts to feel difficult just you can pause it and come back to it another time because it it just might not be the right moment and I always talk about the right music at the right time delivered in the right way by the right person so it's it's really about starting small so if for example if we're thinking about family carers and you're not sure you know what music your dad might like for example if he's no longer able to verbally communicate that to you if mum is still around you could have a chat with mum but if not it's where did where did dad grow up when did he grow up what kind of music was around at that time what do you know of his background do you know that he liked sport or do you was he musical in any way you know what films were around what kind of hobbies and interests might he have had what music might you associate with that and then you get to be playful you get to be a bit of a musical detective you might start off with five songs that you think are of that time of that place particularly from the teenage years okay. uh, you know, say sort of 15 to 25 because we know that some of some of our most deeply held musical memories are from that period because so much so many life events happen over that 
that period, you know, it could be the first kiss, first dance, you know, you move out of home, you get your first job, you drive for the first time, you know, a a sequence of really important big life things happen. And because they're attached often to significant emotions, we store them really deeply within us. Uh, That's what the evidence shows. So picking out music from, from that significant period in that person's life and then being a bit playful with it you might start with just five songs and think right okay we'll try playing those songs if if you've got access to being able to play them digitally and I'll look out for responses and if I get no response we'll move on to the next one oh I've noticed a tap of a of, of a foot or you know fingers starting to move or actually a glance oh right okay and then okay so that one that might be one of our sort of jumping off points in terms of where we go next the next one doesn't get much of a response, but there's a bit of a flicker. Next one, oh, we've got a bit of humming going on. Right, that one goes on. The, you know, and so you start to have a little bit of fun and you can be playful with it. That's if, if you have no kind of reference points to start with. But, you know, if you know that someone's always sung, for example, then you find out where they where did they sing, what kind of music did they sing, and you're instantly able to tap into that repertoire. So that's one really simple way of, of starting. And, and there's, we've got information on the website that can help people do that. If you're um, working in a care home, it's really about having conversations with the people working with you and saying, I found out about this thing called music. I'd really like to give it a try. I'm a bit nervous, actually, if I'm honest. Can you help me? And I've, I've got some resources that I found on the Music for Dementia website, but could we maybe start really simple and go, going back to that example of musical afternoon tea, could we put some music on while we're serving afternoon tea and biscuits or tea and cake, whatever it might be? And could we see what might happen? Oh, and you know, we have that physiotherapist who comes in every Thursday. Could we have a chat with the physio about the best way of helping get people up and encouraging movement? Because that's the other thing that we, we find is that other health practitioners who are there to deliver particular therapy or particular intervention speech and language therapies ot physiotherapists they often use music because it's so motivating mm-hmm. so you know you might be a, you might be a carer and you think well it's my job to get people moving at least once a day mm-hmm. so what music could i be putting on could i do a theme like one week we're going to theme it and it's all about 60s discos that kind of thing or you know the next week it's a festival of I don't know country dancing so we're going to do like a a half an hour uh, playlist of country dancing and dancing can be anything it can be a tap of a foot in a chair right through to somebody up on their feet with their walker or whatever it might be but talking to a physiotherapist and, and and working in collaboration with other practitioners in the service is a really nice way to get things started because sometimes it's about sparking other people's imaginations right and so what we found when we started with the campaign and we were talking to care providers here in the UK they were saying that you know what what their care staff needed was a sense of creativity a sense of permission and confidence permission yes the permission because it's more care is more than just getting people up washed dressed and fed you know it's the thing that makes care human isn't it it's that connection going right back to your early point and so inspiring that in other people can often really unlock people's imaginations and then suddenly you find little pockets of music in different places and then it might be that actually a little bit of budget can be found so you could get somebody in to help facilitate singing workshops 
and and do some skill training so that people feel confident in leading singing every morning for example or it might be as we touched on earlier that that there's quite a lot of psychological need amongst residents and actually it might be that a music therapist has a significant role to play there in helping manage that and and at the same time doing some skill sharing with staff and um, we've got a lovely project here in the UK at the moment with music therapists a large care provider and Casio music and they have keyboards that music therapists are using and that they have trained carers in how to use because the keys light up and oh. so the music therapists don't have to be there all the time but the carers can support residents in using that and I watched this video the other day and it, it was just one of the best examples I've seen in such a long time of skill transfer where the music therapist doesn't have to be there, but they've supported that carer to have the confidence and the permission to use this tool. And this carer, it turned out she had a really lovely voice and was singing and she was waiting, she was attuning, she was listening. And suddenly there was this lovely little snippet of conversation that emerged between the resident and the carer. And they were talking about why that song mattered to that lady and when she used to sing it. And it was just a beautiful moment of connection. Beautiful. And that's, that's, I think, what is underneath th this tool, if you will. It's, it's, a, it's an avenue in. And what an opportunity. Like, I mean, we, again, we, we, in hearing you talk, I'm thinking about the residents or the person, the people with dementia that are benefiting from this. And we know that the care providers and the caregivers, whether you're a professional caregiver or a family caregiver, are also benefiting. And this is exactly what you started the conversation with is this is a two-way uh, street here. This is a two-way communication that's occurring. It's feel, it's filling your bucket as well as the person that has dementia. That's beautiful. Thank you. Do you have a quick little story of someone that you could share? Maybe some something you were surprised about or something that you, a moment that you'll always remember in which music was being used? I do actually, and it's um it's a really lovely it's story, and there is humor in it too, but it also caused a lot of stress for for people, but it really taps into personalization and really listening out for people and it was about this Irish gentleman, so around meal times he used to get incredibly agitated, and no one could work out why because he was getting the food that he liked or people that people thought he liked. But it was taking an awful lot of staff energy and time to the point where there were maybe two or three people around that gentleman when it came to mealtimes. And so as a last resort, they said, well, let's try music therapy. Maybe something might come out in music therapy. And so he, he started seeing the music therapist and they got talking a little bit because he, he didn't have full verbal language skills anymore. But they tapped into his Irish identity through music. So they you know, they played through various different songs that he'd loved throughout the years. And somehow it got round to rituals and, and food and the way things happen. And in this particular care setting, they hadn't understood that he wanted his cup of tea before his dinner. Not after it, but before it, with a slice of bread and ham, and which is very traditional. <laughs> and so... The music therapist fed this back to the carers and said, look, I have no idea, but I have an inkling that if 
we experiment and just just try. Let's just try and see what happens. And I'll come along to the mealtime and maybe I'll play a song or two around the mealtime. But if we do the tea first, if we have that cup of tea first, rather than after, let's see what happens. Sure enough, it worked a treat. There was no agitation. There was no anxiety. There was no outburst of emotion because he had his cup of tea. Yes, it was his natural rhythm in life to, yeah, he had was expected to change for the facility versus the facility changing to meet his natural rhythm. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And as a result, less staff were needed at mealtimes. So that took the pressure off there. People could go off and do other things where they were needed elsewhere in the setting. He had a much more pleasant dining experience. He was much more receptive to what was going on around him. So he was more open to communicating with other people. And the, the environment was better for everyone around yeah. that experience. So everybody won in that. Everybody won. And what a beautiful example of introducing music and how music helped the therapist think about culture and identity and tradition. And it just opened it. The music opened the door to discover those things. That's great story. Exactly that. And I, and I think you've just touched on really important things there, the culture, the, the heritage, the identity. You know, uh, we certainly find here in the UK that there's this perception that everyone wants to listen to Vera Lynn, to war songs. That is not true. <laughs> Absolutely not. I remember talking to this wonderful lady and she she's already put her playlist together. She does have dementia. And she said, listen, I do not want to listen to Vera Lynn. I want to listen to Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. That's the music I grew up to. That's the music I rock out to even now at a ripe old age of 74. It's the music I love. It's the music I want to listen to. And I think that for me says so much because we make presumptions about people all the time because of the way they look and sound and age and all the rest of it. And actually, you don't ever know really until you listen to what their preferences are or you take the time to find out. And I thought hers was a really good example because you wouldn't necessarily associate Led Zeppelin with an older person, but that's the music she grew up that's with. That's what she loved. And <laughs> I love so. it. What, what a great reminder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grace, this is fantastic. I'm so glad you came on to talk to us today. I, I really, you have opened my eyes in, in so many ways. I'm very inspired to go back to some of the families and facilities I work with and present this option, which is beautiful because, you know, the other thing I see, which I'm sure you do too, is music. I'm I'm saying with quotes, music is put in the category of the activity department, you know, and what you have done is you really just showed us how it shouldn't be siloed into activity time. It's helpful and healing and uses a tool for connection throughout the day. So thank you so much for that. Can you share with our listeners, how can they find out more about you and the work you do with Music for Dementia? Yes. And I, just to, to echo back, this has been such a lovely conversation, a real pleasure. And I'm, I'm really grateful to, to be talking with you about it and sharing some of these things with, with your wonderful listeners. And if, and if people would like to find out more information, they can go to our website, musicfordementia.org.uk. And on there, there's all the resources and and tools that I've I've mentioned. And if anyone ever wants to get in touch with us, they have any questions, they can do that via the the email address that's on the website, or they can follow us on social media. We're on 
Twitter and Instagram, LinkedIn and Facebook. So there's always lots being posted and shared on there. So people are very welcome to, to contact us through those routes as well. Wonderful. Well, I will make sure that I put the website and then all of the social media contacts in the show notes too, to make it easier for folks. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much. Grace, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I just really appreciate all of the knowledge and this whole conversation. Oh, real pleasure and joy. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have comments or would like to send us a message, you can send it to info at lifeonrepeatpodcast.com. Please also consider following us at Life on Repeat Podcast, either on Instagram or Facebook. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute, nor is it meant to convey professional, legal, psychological, financial, or medical advice. If you can use such services, please seek them out from someone you trust.